Welcome to episode 14 of the Pregactive Podcast, where we talk with women's health physiotherapist Beth Scott about pelvic floor examinations, what to expect, what's involved, and why it's important, particularly for pregnant women and new mothers. Hi, I'm Karen, the founder of Pregactive, and through this Pregactive Podcast, I'm going to help you to feel empowered, informed, and confident through your pregnancy and motherhood journey as we talk all things health, mind, and fitness. All right, let's dive right in and talk about pelvic floor examinations with Beth Scott, women's health physiotherapist. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we do have a previous podcast with Beth. If you haven't checked that out, make sure you do. It's all about running in pregnancy and postpartum. But for those who don't know you, Beth, just give us a bit of an intro as to who you are, what you do, and why you do it. Okay, so I'm a physiotherapist. I've been working for over 10 years in the area of women's health and sports physiotherapy in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne. I have done postgraduate training in both areas, so I see a lot of women um, about their pelvic floor health, and I'm really passionate about it because it's something that makes a huge impact on everyone's lives um, and is very important in that um, postnatal and prenatal period. So moving into pelvic floor examinations, there is ultrasound, but there's also internal examination. So let's talk about the difference between those. So um, each type of assessment that we do basically adds to our overall assessment of somebody's pelvic floor health. Um, They've got pros and cons for each and... um, Basically, it's giving us more information and um, and our our patient more information about their pelvic floor and how they're using it. So, um, a lot of physios uh, these days are trained in how to use an, a real time ultrasound machine, and basically that's um, similar to an ultrasound that you get when you're pregnant, in that you have a, um, a screen that shows you what's happening on the inside um, in black and white, um, but in real time. So it's happening as as we put the probe on your skin. Um, now, the ultrasounds that physio use are generally applied to the stomach or just above your pubic bone. Um, We're also, some physios are also trained to do um, what's called transperineal ultrasound, which basically sits against your perineum as well. And it gives a different angle. Um, But the the common one that most physios would do would be across your abdomen. And so we can visualise things like your bladder, um, the pelvic floor and the direction in which it moves when you try to contract it. And it gives you a picture of what's actually happening, which is really good. It's, we use that as a, as a treatment tool so that you've, you're better equipped to do your pelvic floor exercises more effectively. Um, now, a, an internal assessment is um, a, 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 an assessment that we do um, as physio, as some physios who 
basically we're assessing your uh, pelvic floor by touch. So you can't, it, it's an, obviously an area that you can't um, uh, assess yourself or you can't see what's actually happening, but you as a, as a patient get to feel what where the pelvic floor is. It really highlights um, for some people who might have that disconnect and, and struggling to work out where the pelvic floor is and, and how to do it correctly. Um, so that can help with that. Um, but we're getting information about the health of your perineum, the strength of your pelvic floor. Um, and uh, I, I mentioned in the previous podcast about um, we're assessing for um we're measuring dif- different areas and, and distances for um, what your anatomy makeup is. And so we're getting a profile um, as to your risk factors and, and considerations when we're prescribing exercises and, and, and other treatments. We can also assess for things like prolapse um, and, and uh, timing of pelvic floor and, and lots of different things when we do an internal assessment as well. So it's not just about seeing any physio, is it? It's that you actually have specific qualifications in pelvic floor examinations, don't you? So, yeah, we basically, um, as an undergrad, um, wouldn't have any uh, training in this area. It's considered a specialised area of of physiotherapy. So um, a new graduate coming out of university wouldn't be trained in this. It's something that we've made the conscious decision to go and further our our, um, learning in. Um, So physios um, might have done a postgraduate certificate, which is what I've done, um, where that involves going back to university um, and, and studying. Um, we can also do it via professional development courses. Um, there's a few different avenues that we can do as, as Australian physios, at least to, to be able to assess someone internally. And as there's a whole heap of measures that we need to make sure that we're doing it safely. And it is, it's important that you feel secure that you're talking with an expert in the field. So when would you recommend a pregnant woman go and get a pelvic floor examination? So it's one of those things that not everyone necessarily needs to. Um, as a as a blanket rule, and I should hope that the healthcare provider that you're working with would agree with me when I say this, but if you're symptomatic um, for whatever reason, and what I mean by that is if you're having issues with your pelvic floor that's when I would do an internal assessment with someone with their permission of course so are you getting um, incontinence out of you know the the some of the usual incontinence that you can get in the first and second trimesters even third trimesters is there something that's bothering you um are you getting vaginal heaviness dragging are you getting some sort of symptoms that just isn't gelling with typical pregnancy symptoms okay um so i would see i would work with women um during their pregnancy and and part of my assessment with them would be an internal ultrasound uh, sorry an internal assessment and and potentially an ultrasound for that matter um to get a better picture as to what's going on and how to help them. Um, In terms of a general check, um, some women like to know um, how their 
interfering with their pelvic floor potentially um, and if we're not getting enough information from potentially an ultrasound um, and we can talk a little bit more about that um, then we can do an, an, an internal assessment with them there's no rush to get it done basically we want to do it at some point during the pregnancy most people typically do it around the second trimester if that's the case because um, a lot of women are past that um, that tricky period at the beginning, particularly if they're feeling unwell and, and that kind of thing. Um, but it's before they get too uncomfortable and it's it's challenging to actually engage the pelvic floor at the very end stages of your pregnancy. And I think that it's almost like getting driving lessons. And hear me out. So I think... If you can learn and make sure that you're comfortable that you're doing your pelvic floor exercises right for you, that it's reassuring and then you can go on and practice because there is times where women think that they're doing it right or actually might not even know if they're doing it right, which is, is very common, and they could be pushing down rather than getting actually a lift up like they don't actually know if they're doing it right so you might not actually have any symptoms you might not be peeing yourself or you know different things that can happen but you might actually just not know yeah and and i see a lot of those those um people that fall into that bracket um there was a study done a, a, a little while back that found that of of um, a, a group of women who thought that they were doing their pelvic floor correctly, a third weren't. Yeah. Like 30, 30 odd percent weren't doing it correctly yeah. um, or to, or effectively. Um, so, you know, you want to, if you're going to go to the effort of doing your pelvic floor, which I hope you are, while you're pregnant, then do it right. And, and you don't know you're doing it right from a pamphlet or from reading a blog or you know however you're getting your, your information um the only way to know is if you get checked so um and that can be with potentially an ultrasound or if that doesn't give us enough information an internal um an internal assessment and it's not just a weak pelvic floor that we're testing for there is such thing as an overactive pelvic floor and I think it's really important for everybody to have an understanding of this because you do get those people who go, I'm pregnant I've got to do my pelvic floor I've got to do it all the time and I've got to hold it up and there's such thing as release and there's such thing as letting it go and relaxation through the pelvic floor so just to give people an understanding what is an overactive pelvic floor so all muscles carry what we call tone so that's their the amount of i guess you could say contraction at rest or while whilst you're not actively trying to make it contract so this tone or tension gives a muscle its um I guess, anatomical position and how effectively you can alter it from there. So if you're overactive, what we're basically saying is you're contracting for the majority of the time or the muscle is is in a position of tension. Why that's not necessarily good, um, not, it's not a case of more is better, it's, it's, it's not allowing... Um, the muscle to run through its full scope of stretch, which is obviously very important when you go to deliver a baby vaginally. Um, but equally, it's also to do with how much support your pelvic organs are getting when you um, uh, 
if you run or jump or land or or have some sort of a force down on your body, there needs to be a little bit of cushioning behind it rather than those those organs just hitting strongly against a a really stubborn pelvic floor. Um, And also it can cause pain. Um, So that's another reason why we need to make sure that these muscles are relaxed Mm. Um, and an internal assessment can give us that information. So post-birth, when would you recommend getting a pelvic floor examination post-birth? So typically there's this sort of six to eight-week notion that that's when you see your healthcare provider for a checkup um, and they're looking for their side of things in terms of has your bleeding slowed down or stopped, um, making sure that there's no signs of infection, um, everything's healing how it should. And usually after you've had that assessment with your midwife, your doctor or your obstetrician, whoever you're seeing, um, I usually recommend that's a really key time to come in to to see a physio to have your pelvic floor assessed. Um, in other countries, it's actually standard as part of their um, postnatal healthcare model, um, which I think would be fantastic to have here in Australia one day. Um, but it's it's important regardless of what you want to do with your body from there onwards. Um, so it's, it's important because it can pick up problems before they begin. It can, um, it can stop problems before they become worse. Um, and it just completes the, the, um, the journey of trying to uh, keep on top of your health postnatally and, and gives women a bit of direction moving forwards and, and we can provide advice at that point as well. And the other thing I would say is not just leave it at the one. If down the track you have issues, so say at six weeks post-birth you have your pelvic floor examination and everything's fine and then six months down the track or you know whatever time frame you're not feeling so good or there's something go again it's not like oh but at six weeks i was okay things change Mm, exactly yeah it's um a transient thing and it's what you put in um is what you get out so after six weeks the um novelty of doing your pelvic floor exercises usually wears off um so it's keeping yourself accountable i think as well so yeah no that's a good point and we're talking about endurance, strength, coordination and release when we talk about pelvic floor. So it's not just always lift, release, lift, release. Like there's different exercises that you can do. Yes. So when we're talking about all those different parameters, that's what makes up a healthy and and well-functioning pelvic floor um, from a physio perspective. So if you can um, have good strength, so that's your ability to contract with force. If you can have good endurance, so that's your ability to hold on. Um, If you can have good coordination and timing, that's your ability to contract it when it counts. And if you can have good release, so that's as sounds you've got the ability to release your pelvic floor and not be um, hypertonic or um, overactive um, then your 
you're putting yourself into a really good position so as to not have issues down the track. And we make sure that's a bit of a checklist that we do as part of an internal assessment. We want to ascertain what your level is with each of those things so that we can pick up any areas that you need to work on moving forwards. So that's why after seeing a physio um, regarding your pelvic floor, your exercises will probably look very different to somebody else's. Um, You know, it's not a one-size-fits-all approach and we need to make sure that we're covering off all of those bases but ultimately all of those things in reflection to as to what you want to do with your body as well. So someone who's extremely active versus someone who's not so active, my programs would be very different for them as well. And I think that gravity also plays a big part in pelvic floor recovery and health. And, you know, I think that so many women go, okay, straight after birth, I just want to get moving again. And the recovery process of the pelvic floor is really important for rest Mm. as well as some gentle activation work. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that people underestimate the power of gravity. So even sitting we there is the, the pressure of gravity pressing downwards, right, onto a pelvic floor. So horizontal being horizontal in those first in that first week particularly mm. after you have your baby is really important to to remember yeah. so it's it's not just okay i need to now get into my pelvic floor which is yes it is important to to do some pelvic floor um but it's not all day no. <laughs> it's more it's more important to rest it uh, to mm. be honest i think in those that initial week um yes we can do um, act gentle activation work and it does help with reducing swelling if done correctly definitely but I think you get more bang for your buck if you if you lie down and spend some time without gravity pushing down on the pelvic floor than standing up and doing as many exercises as possible my my priority when I first go in and see women if there's a lot of women in the in their room on the maternity ward is they're they're the priority to sit down or lie down you know, everyone's focused on handing baby around and having cuddles, but this poor mum, she's got a pelvic floor that needs to recover, and she needs she needs to um, to to be in a position that she can do that. And so, in terms of cesarean, there is that thought that I had a cesarean, so do I need to do my pelvic floor? floor? Yes, <laughs> yes, definitely. Of course, you do. You've been pregnant, um, so your 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 pelvic floor is has been working hard for you up until your delivery. Um, you can't just ignore that. Um, and yes, you, it hasn't necessarily had the um, the the pressure or the the trauma, so to speak, of a vaginal birth on that muscle, but. It, it's still taken a hit, okay? So you need to still do your pelvic floor, most definitely. Anyone with a vagina needs to do pelvic floor exercises as far as I'm concerned, okay? Whether you're, you're pregnant or not or had a baby or not, um, if you're female, do your pelvic floor. Like it's one of those things. It should be like brushing your teeth. You just do it, okay? We don't, but we should, yeah. okay? And even on that note, um not that we're looking too far ahead, but menopause. Yes. If you don't do this stuff now and you don't look after your pelvic floor now, it can have an effect 
down the track. Yeah, it's it's. I'm not gonna lie. It's harder to get stronger later. It's way easier to do it now when you're younger. Um, so if you can build yourself up to a fantastic strength and endurance um, capability baseline before you reach that age, then you're going to be in a lot better position moving forward into your elderly years. And, and there's a lot of research to back me up on what I say there. So um, you can thank me when you're older if you do your pelvic floor now, definitely. <laughs> Amazing. So thank you so much, Beth. Was there anything else that you wanted to add in terms of, I guess, if someone was questioning whether they should get a pelvic floor examination or just unsure as to what's involved, just as a little bit of encouragement, I guess? Yeah, look, it's not it's not as intimidating as you would think, okay? Um, if you've had a pap smear before, um, it's a lot less um uncomfortable than that let me put it that way so um, we only move at the pace that you're comfortable with we're not there to make things uncomfortable or painful or anything like that and it's really quick women are surprised by how quickly we can work out what's happening Um, and as soon as they've done that they're like oh now I get it okay you can get so much so so much out of having um, an internal assessment or an assessment of your pelvic floor Look, ultrasounds are fantastic. They do have their limitations um, in that we can't always ascertain. We, there's no way I can tell you how strong you are by looking at your your um, your ultrasound picture. Just because I can see your muscle move a certain distance, that doesn't tell me the full picture. Okay, but an internal assessment um, is is just such an uh, an important tool that we use, um, and it can can really um, pinpoint exactly what we need to do so that your the efforts you're putting into your exercises or your treatment are effective. And I think that for somebody, myself being someone who's gone and got these done, so I've, I've had um, several different pelvic floor examinations. One was years and years and years ago before I was pregnant and when I was working with pregnant women and I went, you know what, I'm just going to go get this tested because I need to make sure that I know that what I'm doing is right. <laughs> and I, and since then and, and through my pregnancy, I've also had tests and um, I think getting the cues that work for you also was really a big take home for me because there were certain cues that worked well for me mm-hmm. and I could, you know, understand that 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 feeling okay that's what I'm after and that cue helped me to get there whereas there's not one cue that works for every woman Mm, right mm. so it's it is also that sort of problem solving and going okay well if you cue me to to do this and then it works then that's a cue that could potentially help the woman throughout her journey of her pelvic floor exercises yeah and you and and in the process of that it's finding the physio that clicks with you Mm, as well definitely um and that goes for any any healthcare provider as far as i'm concerned you want to find someone who motivates you who you feel comfortable with and you get the outcome that you want thank you so much beth for coming on board and talking all things pelvic floor examination thank you Making sure your pelvic floor is working optimally is important throughout life, but so important in your pregnancy and post-pregnancy phases. Thanks for listening to the Pregactive Podcast. We love hearing from you. So leave us a comment or a review. 
And hey, even request a future podcast when you head over to the show notes at productive.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with a friend because the more the merrier. See you next time.